I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of Multi-Site at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Welcome to Church Folks. This podcast is a forum for folks from our church community to share the stories of who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories, to inspire others, and to be a part of beloved community together. I'm here today with Dale Glick. Dale, what gets you out of bed in the morning? It's that old-fashioned uh, sense of responsibility, you know, uh, making commitments uh, and uh, wanting to fulfill them. Um, over the years, that uh, kind of um, transitioned into um, understanding that uh, because I've because I have a responsibility and um, I'm not liking this. Let's do that over again. <laughs> That's fine. Go ahead. So, <laughs> What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, a sense of responsibility, that old-fashioned sense of responsibility, uh, making commitments and uh, wanting to fulfill those commitments. And, um, you know, that just used to be a personal – um, uh, used to just be a personal thing the way I was raised. And um, over the years, um, you know, God got into that picture and it became uh, as much, not just a sense of my own responsibility, but a sense of um, being called to use whatever gifts or talents uh, that um, God uh, uh, gave me and uh, wanting to do that better. You know, what do you love? Have, well, um, I love my family, you know, um, like all of us, uh, we're blessed to be uh, put in a family. Not only do I have an amazing wife, but, you know, we, we've been blessed to have great kids. And, uh, and now we're in that grandparent stage, five, five grandchildren who are, you know, uh, developing their own character and, um, uh, following in the footsteps of their great parents, and hopefully, uh, you know, they picked up a, an odd and end from grandma and grandpa. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. What brought you into the church in particular? And or, or sorry, now I'm now I'm <laughs> I'm going to ask that again. <laughs> what brought you into the church in general, and this church in particular? Um, that's a great question. Um, originally my parents and grandparents, right? Uh, Barb and I were both, uh, brought up in a, in a church and, um, uh, she brought up as a Methodist. I was brought up as a Baptist. And, um, though my father grew up in a Jewish home, which added a, uh, a real interesting flavor to my upbringing. Um, you know, I was, I was raised a Baptist and, um, um, both of us in much smaller churches than uh, uh, Birmingham first. And so um, specifically after she and I got married and uh, started looking for a church, um, we were invited by some business friends of mine 
into the young couples group at uh, Birmingham first. And for almost a year, we did a, a monthly thing with the young couples group and uh, never attended a service at the church. And uh, finally, we decided to um, uh, get serious about looking for a church home, went to First uh, First Church Birmingham, and we were overwhelmed with its size. Congregation I grew up in was less than 100, and Barb's was a typical Methodist church, maybe 250. And we weren't sure if this was going to be the place to us, uh, mm-hmm. for us. But in... Um, uh, November of 1974, we joined, and uh, here we are in 2021, now attending Berkeley, of course, which, which is a uh, real blessing to us, uh, but a part of this church family uh, from uh, from Birmingham first. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So the, the Berkeley campus um, launched officially uh, in January of 2017. We were kind of gearing up for that launch for about a year, year and a half. And mm-hmm. and Dale, you and your wife, Barb, were a part of that <laughs> launch team. Um, having been a part of Birmingham first for, what, four decades at that point, yep. um, and then saying, you know what, we still want to be a part of the same church family, but we also want to be a part of this, this new thing that God is doing. Um, what was going on in your, in your heart and mind? What led you to um, be a part of uh, what was then a brand new endeavor? Mm-hmm. It was almost like a, uh, a planting within us, uh, both Barb and I separately. Uh, the idea of launching this new campus in Berkeley um, struck each of us independent from one another as uh, boy that sounds that sounds like something we ought to really consider and um either she brought it up to me or I brought it up to her and you know one of the other of us said yeah I was thinking exactly the same thing we really felt like it was uh god calling us to uh step outside of our church fam- our immediate church family you know our uh, our whole life revolved around our relationships at Birmingham first. For sure. Our kids grew up in the church um, and they had deep friendships over the years. We had deep friendship. Everything that we did practically with a few exceptions in our um, outside social circles revolved around Birmingham first. So if you'd have said a couple of years before that uh, we might try something new, that would have been a real foreign concept to us. So um, I felt that it had to be God touching our hearts um, uh, at the same time to think about this. And then it was a no-brainer once uh, once we uh, got started. And, uh, and it's been a, uh, it's been a, a tremendous faith walk uh, down here at Berkeley uh, since uh, we got involved. We have a lot of fun together. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems a lot of people, uh, you know, will leave a church if they are somehow hurt or disgruntled or whatever, but that had nothing to do with you guys leaving. You left because you felt like there was a, a missional purpose to this new thing and that you could add something to it. Precisely. Yeah. You know, and to that point, this is a side sidebar to that point, there were times over 40 years where, you know, we we weren't always in agreement with which way the church was was going or something that was preached. We, you know, we had friends sometimes that got their noses bent out of shape and they said, "We're leaving." 
you know? And, uh, um, you know, Barbara and I always felt like we were there for a purpose through all sorts of ebbs and flows until God calls us to be somewhere else. You know, we're here, no matter who the pastor is, no matter what they, you know, what the message might be on uh, one Sunday morning. And uh, we always prayed about that and always felt uh, very um, uh, certain that God wanted us to be where God put us. Mm-hmm. You know, And we are one church in multiple locations. I mean, we're still a part of the same church family together. And I know, Dale, you, you lead and are involved in small groups across both locations and everything too. It seems to me that being a part of you know, a local church long-term in some ways is like being a part of a marriage long-term, right? I mean, some days are better than others. Sometimes you get kind of cross, uh, cross threaded with, you know, particular situations or whatever. And yet, um, when that commitment is there and that, that commitment, um, not only to the people, but to the shared mission that we have, um, that has such an impact. It really does, and you're right. And um, you know that would have been the second um, answer to the question: What do I love? I love the involvement in small groups, and uh, the life that that gives um, gives me spiritually, and the um, the thrill that it gives me to see others growing in their faith. Um, that is um, that's an extraordinary uh, um, reward for uh, being a part of a group. For sure. We've had small groups in the workplace uh, that really were started by a couple of buddies of mine that came out of the Catholic tradition. And, uh, you know, I was the um, I was the uh, Baptist guy and they called me the Bible thumper. And, the, you know, they were the, <laughs> they were the Catholic guys who uh, uh, claimed to uh, not have had much exposure to the uh, to the Bible. And yet uh, they invited me into a small Bible study, uh, just the three of us. And um, uh, the Bible study became a prayer group. And the two things uh, then uh, turned into an office Bible study that grew from the three of us probably at one time to about 18 participants of all denominations. You know, um, we had a couple of ex-Catholic priests in our group, um, one of whom— um, translated the Bible from English into German. He spoke six languages. Um, so uh, uh, we, we we had Pentecostals in the group, and you know, in the traditional uh, Methodist, Baptist, and uh, Presbyterian. Everybody knew that on Thursday afternoon at five o'clock, uh, if they wanted to uh, join the the God Squad, uh, they could come on down the conference room. Open uh, invitation. Open invitation. There are some that were in the. You know, in the church setting, and still are. I mean, we have a, our Wednesday night men's Bible study. We've been doing for twenty five years. You know, and as you know, now we're doing a Tuesday evening uh, 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 discussion group uh, with uh, with our Berkeley campus, and um, uh, that's been growing and expanding, and uh, just been a blessing. Speak a little bit to the value of. Being in community and hearing from multiple perspectives as you read the Bible and apply it to your life. Well, it's invaluable. Um, 
you know, we all grew up in traditions and get um, schooled a particular way. And um, so our world revolves around the lens we look through. Mm -hmm. And um, while none of us would, you know, claim outright that uh, we have a corner on all wisdom, sometimes we act that way. Yep. And so the benefit of having, uh, you know, a small group setting with people looking through slightly different lenses. I mean, let's face it, we we all share Christ in common. And that's what Paul has always, you know, preached over, over the years, especially to the Corinthians, about unity in the body of Christ. It continues to be an issue in 2021. And yet the more we meet with little divergent um, points of view— uh, the more we discover the richness of our differences, and those differences are just the way God's working in each one of us. They're not differences in the fundamental belief in Christ. And uh, so it's enriching, it's um, rewarding. So what unites us in Christ is greater than anything that divides us. Amen. And uh, and there's a place at the table in those small groups too, even for those who have not yet put their faith in Christ. Um, and they get to come with their uh, questions and with their perspectives and everything too. Yeah. Hey, you know, to that point, um, our current Tuesday night group, there are a couple of folks in that group who have uh, sort of recommitted themselves uh, to the church. And um, in one case, um, someone who uh, hadn't really been involved in Bible study at all, but grew up, you know, um, in the uh, Catholic church, Catholic schools, and ha has a background. And that person um, has a number of friends who are at minimal agnostic and uh, in the uh, extreme, a couple of um, atheists. Mm -hmm. And so, so she has been on fire and um, uh, she gets challenged by her atheist friends regularly. Uh, and, uh, she, um, you know, she has, uh, the right kind of approach, but she's not fearful mm -hmm. to talk about, uh, what the, um, you know, this recent, uh, reconnection to, to her church life has meant. And, uh, so I can't help but think that the very fact that we're meeting on a Tuesday night among ourselves, that, that filters out in uh, various ways, you know, in the community. Absolutely. You know, I think uh, it's getting more and more uncommon to run into hardcore atheists these days. You know, there's a lot of agnostics, right? A lot of people will say, well, I don't, I don't really know, but, but to say, well, there is definitely not a God and I am sure of it. Mm. Um, that's, that's a relatively small group, it seems. And whenever I uh, meet, you know, an atheist, I, you know, and, and, you know, my aunt Cecilia is one and everything. I, you know, I say in some ways you have more faith than I do um, because with the limited knowledge that we have to say, I know for sure that everything that exists just came about, you know, essentially by chance and not through design. I mean, that requires an immense amount of faith. And we have another lady in our church here um, who came out to one of our uh, pub theology small groups um, when that was going on. And the first time I met her, she said, you know, very clearly, hey, I just want to let you know I'm an atheist. And I said, hey, that's awesome. You have more faith than I do. You're welcome here. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, over the course of time, she wound up uh, putting her faith in Jesus and being really? baptized. And wow. so um, God is just 
up to good things. And so much of Christian formation takes place in small groups. Dale, your Wednesday night men's group recently finished up a book on the Holy Spirit. Tell us about that. How is your group putting what you learned into practice? Wow. Well, um, the group at large was so inspired uh, by this study. Um, that was the ultimate question. Okay, now what do we do? You know, and so um, um, I had a um, an exposure years ago to a um, to a uh, little article uh, written by um, um, a guy named Munger called "My Heart Christ's Home," and um, uh, it seemed to me that uh, for us to study that for three or four weeks and uh, personalize it. Uh, would be the the next step to really implementing what we've learned about the Holy Spirit. Without elaborating too much, it's really the concept of Christ coming and living in our hearts. There's so much in the Bible about our hearts and, um, um, you know, the idea that um, God speaks to our hearts, uh, that it was a, also a natural thing. So we're uh, we just finished that up um, uh, this past Wednesday night, and um, so the next thing we're going to do uh, to um, to make this a real day to day uh, experience is to um, study a book by uh, Jerry Bridges called uh, "The Pursuit of Holiness." Okay, and uh, that'll be about a twelve to fifteen week study, and it is. Um, it takes the um, uh, the idea of pursuing holiness, which God wants us to do, uh, right into the right into the scriptures, mm-hmm. and so we will be studying what the scripture has to say about that. And um, um, I was um, I know that uh, our group continues to grow all the time, but I was stunned at the impact of this study. On the holy, on the Holy Spirit, uh, and the willingness of the guys to say, "Wow, you know, how is it that we miss the Holy Spirit all, all of our church lives?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, of of the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is often neglected, and yet is probably the one most involved in our day to day lives. Um, and and I think one of the things. Um, certainly that you've experienced and that I think anyone involved in a small group experiences is that learning builds over time. Those relationships build over time. And what I hear you saying is, you know, hey, we read this and we were intrigued. And so we read this to, to supplement that. And then now that's kicking us into this. And it's that that pursuit of holiness, that, that pursuit of um, beloved community, that desire to continue bettering ourselves in service to God and others. Amen. Do you think it's important for us to share our faith in Jesus with others? And if so, how can we look for those opportunities? Yeah. Um, the answer to that is absolutely. It's, um, it's imperative that, uh, you know, we share our faith with others. Uh, the tricky part of that is doing it in a way that uh, is loving and gentle 
and move someone toward a relationship with God versus offending someone and moving them away from God. And that's a, uh, you could say that takes finesse if you thought that it was completely up to you. Mm. You know, it does take some finesse. I mean, you have to use your own judgment as to, you know, you know, is, is this a time where I should, you know, share with somebody my experience, you know, um, and, um, you know, usually the answer is yes, but we have this reluctance because we want to be perfectly prepared. Sure. Okay. And so we walk by many opportunities where people need Jesus as the answer to whatever it is they're dealing with, but we're afraid of either embarrassing ourselves or um, risking a relationship. Um, and so um, um, we need we need to be thinking about this in terms of the real goal. The real goal is that more people uh, find the answer to the issues of life in Christ as opposed to whether we've uh, given the perfect message or not. What advice would you give fellow Christians um, in in looking for those opportunities to share their faith and then doing it, as you said, kind of boldly, um, but in a non-offensive way? Oh. Well, I think um, the key here is to be top of mind about doing it. Because um, whatever issues of life that I'm dealing with or you're dealing with or any of our other Christian brothers and sisters are dealing with, everyone is dealing with. And um, so it shouldn't be much of a mystery if we're paying attention to know that there are things that people are concerned about, family, job, finances, relationship, um, spiritual longings, um, you know, fill in the blank, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and so um, if we're paying attention, those things come up all the time. If So more than likely, you know, uh, we're not paying attention, not because we don't want to, but because, you know, we're thinking about our concerns and our issues and the things going on in our family and our workplace and our church. And so we need to be deliberate. I always call it top of mind about the fact that, you know, you have good news to share. Okay, so look for those opportunities where people are dealing with the issues of life. Relate to them because you're dealing with the issues of life and gently lay out, you know, I, I know how you feel. You know, I felt that way once also. What I found mm -hmm. was, you know, and um, it's not easy. Because uh, people feel that's evangelism and they're, they don't feel like they're evangelists. But all it is is about sharing what God's done for you uh, in the same way that uh, uh, someone else is struggling uh, with the issues. Absolutely. And a big part of our, our doing this this podcast is really to hopefully equip people and inspire people to share their stories and listen to the stories of others. 
Um, I had someone tell me once that every human interaction we have is an opportunity to share the love of Jesus. Mm. And then from time to time, we have the opportunity to share Jesus's story as well. Yeah. And, and those places where, where God's overarching story interacts with our own and um, to invite people into that experience, into that story to see themselves as a part of the story. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting what holds us back. Okay. Yeah. As an example, if, um, if you were looking for a new car and, and that happened to come up in conversation and say, Oh, and I have got somebody, the last experience I had with getting a new car, uh, unlike other experiences was phenomenal. You need to call so-and-so at such and such a dealership. Tell them I told you to call them totally. and I hope you won't be disappointed, you know, but I mean, we have no reluctance whatsoever to tell somebody about a good deal. We have lots of reluctance to tell somebody the best news ever. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, as Christians, we, we all are bivocational. Um, we're engaged in the that's work. That's popular of, nowadays, I hear. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're engaged in the work of making disciples. We're engaged in the work of sharing the love and the story of Jesus. You know, that in some ways is our primary vocation. Um, but then most of us also have, you know, a day job, and we serve God through that as well. Mm -hmm. um, Dale, you have spent decades as a wealth management advisor to business owners, executives, and families. What connection do you see between our faith and how we manage our money? Well, um, it's probably a, an easy pet answer. It's a stewardship issue. And know. what do you mean by that? Um, you know, um, taking the resources that God has given you and uh, putting them to best use, you know, and, um, you know, we all fail at that. Um, I fail at that as a financial advisor, you know. Uh, one, of, one of the uh, difficult things, uh, you know, early on was uh, in our own married life was, you know, uh, feeling like we had probably bitten off more than we could chew. And, you know, as, especially when I was on the front end of getting in the financial services business, which didn't guarantee a salary or anything, sure. you know, and uh, all that we are and all that we have comes from God. So how you use your money is a function of how you prioritize those, uh, the, the top things in your life. Uh, so God, family, you know, uh, community, uh, work, uh, those are all, you know, those are on the radar screen of things that were, <clears throat> pardon me, um, that we're all dealing with day to day. And so um, what we want to do, if you're a if you're a faith based person and you're dealing with your finances, is we need we need to be asking, you know, the question, God, how do you want me to use my resources, you know, uh, at large for the long term in the short term? And um, so all, all financial planning uh, entails um, goals, short-term, mid-range, and long-term, and God should be in that conversation. Um, that's, probably the, that's probably the bottom line. And, uh, but, you know, we struggle with that um, on all the things that we deal with in life, right? Uh, you know, some of the worst things 
some of the worst decisions I've made is because um, I decided to do what I thought made all kinds of sense without <laughs> putting, you know, you know, without uh, w- without seeking wisdom either from a Christian brother or sister or, uh, you know, through uh, uh, direct, uh, you know, prayer and so on and so forth. I've been there. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, when have you felt closest to God? And conversely, when have you felt furthest from God? I feel closest to God, uh, especially at this stage of my life, when I am in regular communication with Him. Time in prayer, uh, time in the scriptures, okay? Or if I'm dealing with an issue where I do invite God into the equation, knowing that, um, you know, my real help comes from God. And uh, so when I'm struggling with something, um, I go to God and I do that more consistently than than I ever did in years past. And that's when I feel closest to him. Ironically, though, I've always felt that God's hand has been on my life uh, and in the details of my life. For ever since I was a kid, um, I I wouldn't have always articulated that at the time, but as time has gone on and I've been at different forks in the road, and I've been looking for direction in the serious things of life. Okay, I've always felt that God had um, had His hand on my shoulder and uh, pointed me in the right direction. Um, have I always? listened and done 100% of the time what God was leading me to? Of course not, okay? I I wish I could uh, say otherwise. Um, But I know, especially looking backwards, uh, that that God's been close to me my whole life. I had a a friend uh, in uh, a uh, non-denominational Bible study that that uh, we had years ago, different than the other one, mm-hmm. um, that <clears throat> used to say, um, you know, if you're starting to feel a distance between you and God, guess who moved? Wow. And uh, that always stuck with me because um, God, as you know, is always seeking uh, uh, fellowship in a relationship with us. That's right. All, God is always lovingly pursuing us. Always, always pursuing us. And uh, sometimes we move away for some reason. Is there anything that we didn't touch on yet that you'd like to share with our listeners today or to offer folks mm-hmm. a, a word of encouragement or advice or whatever you want? Well, the word of encouragement and advice always takes me into the scripture. Uh, if, um, if this were an extended session, I would give you, you know, a half a dozen of my favorite verses. Uh, but I think that um, the real key is to focus on our relationship with God in every area of our lives and um, and trust him. So Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, you know, is one of those fundamental verses for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And we can count on that. And um, if there was nowhere else to go, 
but Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, I'd hang out there. Good word, brother. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Hey, and thanks for the opportunity. God is up to good things. It's a joy yeah. to be the church with you. Amen. Uh, I feel the same way. Uh, we are really blessed, really blessed, Zach, to have you uh, leading us here at Berkeley First and uh, your, uh, your wisdom at your young age and your messages resonate with me so strongly, I can't tell you. Keep that in there. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes this episode of Church Folks. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about Birmingham and Berkeley First on our websites, fumcbirmingham.org and berkeleyfirst.org. Take some time this week to share your story, listen to the stories of others, and look for those points of intersection with the greatest story ever told, the continually unfolding story of God's love in Jesus Christ. Peace.